0: Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us for tonight's broadcast. Pastor Dudley is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, which is one church on three different campuses in the greater Los Angeles area at Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, and Agua Dulce. We'll be joining Pastor Dudley in just a moment, but first, we want you to know this program is called Lift Up Jesus because we exist to lift up Jesus and the life-changing truth of the gospel. And we do this every night, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. here on KKLA. No matter where you're listening from right now, in your car or your home or at work, you're about to hear bold, uncompromising teaching about faith, family, and daily life. We believe there is nothing like immersing yourself in the Bible each and every day to completely transform your life. We also want to encourage you to join us at Shepherd Church this weekend. Shepherd is only a short drive from anywhere in the city. We are a multiracial, multi-generational church that is built on biblical preaching and dynamic worship. We have ministries for every stage of life you may be going through, children's programs for toddlers to teens, a sports ministry with leagues and programs for kids to adults, and care ministries for those who are going through divorce, grief, or serious illness like cancer. You can visit our website at liftupjesus.com to get more information about Shepherd Church, our locations, and service times. We thank you again for joining us tonight. We know you're going to be enriched and encouraged by tonight's program. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message from God's Word.
1: In Revelation chapter 4, it describes a scene in heaven. How many of you are looking forward to going to heaven? Revelation 4, 5, 6, and 7, it talks about what heaven's going to look like. And the Bible says that one day all people who go there will one day bow down before the Lord. And no matter how powerful you may be or you think you are, the Bible says in Revelation 4 that we will lay our crowns at his feet. Because there's only one king in heaven. And we will say, and here's what the Bible says that we're going to say, you, God, are worthy our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you, God, created all things, and by your will they were created and have your being. The words glory and honor are both found in verse 11. Those two words are closely related, often used interchangeably in the Scriptures. But there's a subtle difference between glory and and the word honor the word glory has an inherent intrinsic worth god is glorious it's not a matter of opinion he just is glorious he is perfect god is supreme he's yahweh that's what we've been looking at that he's all-knowing he's all-present he's all-powerful now you and i reflect his glory here on this earth. You say, what does that mean? That means that when you and I live our lives for God, we live godly lives, His character, God's character, His glorious character is reflected in our life. Whenever you live a godly life, you are reflecting His character because it's not your character, it's His character in you. You, in a sense, are reflecting His glory it's his glory but the word honor is different than the word glory the word honor is a perceived value it's something that you render it's something that you esteem or give it originates in your heart and it refers to the value that we personally place on something or the value that we place on someone now God is glorious He's above all. And what He desires, yes, is for each of us to reflect His glory. He wants that. He wants us to mirror His character. We are to be holy and just and loving. But He also wants you and I to make decisions. We have choices. Everyone has choices. And by the way we live our lives, the choices that we make, that we are to honor Him, that we are to esteem Him, that we would show our reverence for Him, that we would show our love and appreciation for Him, that we would simply honor Him. The Bible makes it very clear that you're supposed to honor your parents. And all God's parents said, Amen. It says in that, in, in the book of Leviticus that we are supposed to give honor to the elderly. It's a biblical commandment. The Bible says we're to give honor to those who rule over us in 1 Peter. But here's what I want you to write down. The Bible makes it clear that we're to honor people because of their position, not because of their performance. There's a difference. Biblically, you are to honor your mom and your dad. That means that decisions that you make should be pleasing to them the things that you do should bring honor to your mom and your dad likewise we are all supposed to honor god and when we honor god it's not because of what he's done for us it's not because you honor him because you're trying to earn salvation and if you do enough good things that somehow god's going to let you into heaven we honor god because of who he is he's yahweh he's glorious, he's omnipotent, he's omniscient, he's omnipresent, he is supreme, he is exalted, he is majestic, he created all things. We give him honor just because of who he is, not because he gives stuff to you or that he watches over you. What what joy is that? What, what, What honor is that? Now, there are many ways to honor God. Everybody say the word many. I'm going to give you a few. Number one is time. There's a way to honor God with your time. He gives you 168 hours every single week. And guess who gets to determine how you spend those 168 hours every week? He lets you decide how you're going to spend those 168 hours. I want to show you back in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 58, what God told the nation of Israel because they were supposed to honor the Sabbath and notice what he says to israel isaiah 58 verse 13 if you keep your feet from breaking the sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day if you call the sabbath a delight it's a delight how many of you enjoy coming to church it's a delight not everybody, some people go, Oh, I gotta go to church. I'm getting dragged in here again. When we get out of here, it's like it's a downer, right? But he says, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day is honorable to you, it says in verse 13 if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, verse 14, you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to rise on the heights of the land. What's that mean? He I means life is going to be an E-ticket for you. If you could just find a way to make the Sabbath and find time every week to come and worship the living God. Time might be your most precious commodity here today. I would make sure that I was in church every week. I would start every day with prayer and a devotion And as Colossians 4 says, make the most of every single opportunity. Use those hours to give honor and glory to God. Number two is talent. It's another way that we honor God. There's a story in Matthew 25. I don't have time to get into it, but the Bible says that God gave one man a little bit of talent. He gave another man kind of a medium amount of talent. He gave one guy a lot of talent. And if you read through the story... The application is God has given us all of it. All of us have some kind of talent. You might be a little bit of talent. You might have a medium-sized amount of talent. You might have a lot of talent, but everybody's got talent. And what God wants and what God expects is that you use that talent to honor Him. The third thing that we're supposed to honor God with is your temple. Now, this is going to be more challenging than those first two. But the Bible makes it clear, and the reason why this is difficult is because the body is weak sometimes sometimes temptation is strong but according to first corinthians chapter six the bible says that you and i are supposed to be sexually pure your body is a temple i want you to read this verse first corinthians chapter six i want you to see these three verses talking about your temple your body Verse 18 says, flee from sexual immorality. Everybody say, flee from sexual immorality. Flee from sexual immorality. Where, is, where is that found? In the Bible, okay? God says, flee from it. Don't engage in it. He says, all other sins a man commits are outside the body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Verse 19, do you not know that your body is a temple of the holy spirit who is who is in you whom you have received from god you are not your own you were bought at a price what does that mean that means somebody somebody bought you well who's that jesus what was the price his life he went to the cross and he died so that you could have salvation and at the point of your redemption the moment you put your faith and trust in jesus he puts his presence inside of you and verse 20 says you were bought at a price therefore honor there's that word honor god with your what with your body we are to live holy lives but as a christian your body belongs to god And if you give your body to anyone who is not your spouse, you are dishonoring God and you need to flee from sexual immorality and start honoring your God with the decisions you make concerning your body. Number four is our treasure this might be more difficult than the temple the bible says in proverbs 3 that we're to honor everybody say honor Honor. there's that word again see there's many ways to honor god the bible says to honor the lord with your wealth with the last fruits of your crops or the first fruits see whatever god gives you you're to give him the first portion not the last There's something about what we do with our resources that give proof to what matters the most in our life. Wherever our treasure is, that's where our heart is. There's something about these resources, strange. But what we have, what we give, it gives proof to what matters to us the most. But we know what the law states in the Old Testament. Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord God Almighty, verse 11, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. Jesus was the one who said where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He knows by what I give, He knows by what you give, whether or not you think that He's truly glorious. Just by what we give, He knows that. Now number five, write this down. What he really wants and desires is your ticker. What he wants is your heart. That's what he wants. Now notice this verse in Isaiah 29. The Lord God says, These people, they come near to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips. But their heart is where? Far from me. You see, God, now listen to this. God doesn't want lip service. He wants your heart. And I got news for you. He wants all of your heart. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. There's all kinds of verses about the heart. Proverbs 23, 26, Give me your heart, God says. The psalmist says in Psalm 51, He, he cried out, God created me a, a clean heart. Solomon in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, he said, Above all else, guard your heart. And what I want you to do is look at your list. Look at those five things your time, your talent, your temple, your treasure, and your ticker. Here's the question as you look at those five things are you honoring God with those five things here today? Be honest. Are you giving esteem to God that is due Him? Are you giving your best? Are you stingy in any of those five areas? Would God say to you, your heart is fully devoted to me? Or would He say, you know what? You're just, you're just giving me lip service. I believe if you, lo- if you say that you love God but you skip church every other week, you don't have a devotional time every day, you're just too busy to serve, And to use your talents, it's just lip service. If you say, if you're here today and you say that you, I love God, but you're engaged in sexual immorality. When you say, I love God, it's just lip service to him. If you say that you love the Lord, but your giving is not sacrificial in nature, it's lip service. If you say you love the Lord and your heart is not fully surrendered to God. How many people come and get baptized and their heart is not fully dedicated to God? Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. You can only have one. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 20 verse 3, you shall have no other gods except me. Listen carefully. It's not that God wants to be first place in your life. He wants to be the only place in your life. You know, I've never bungee cord jumped off a bridge. Any of you have ever done that? Any of you have ever parachuted and you actually jumped out of a plane? Okay, crazy people. (laughs) The moment you jump out of the plane, are you halfway committed or fully committed? Which is it? Oh, you're fully committed. There is no turning back, amen. In the exact same way, when you become a Christian, there shouldn't be like, oh, I'm just going to give him half. No, it's all or nothing. Just jump in and serve God, honor God with everything you've got. Mark chapter 12, love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Love the Lord your God with all of your soul. Love the Lord your God with all of your mind. Love the Lord God with all of your strength. He wants to be the sole proprietor of your heart. Number two, he wants you to do things for him that you wouldn't do for anybody else. Are there things that you're doing for God that you just simply wouldn't do for anybody else on this planet? The perfect illustration of that comes from Luke chapter 7. There's a woman who takes an, a jar of perfume and she pours the perfume over Jesus' feet. That jar of perfume was worth one year's worth of wage, a year's wage. What do you make in a year? Jesus said these words to his disciples in Luke chapter 7, verse 44. He turned toward the woman and he said to Simon, Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet. But she wept. She wet my feet with her tears, and she wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume, a year's worth of wages, on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much, but he who's been forgiven little loves little and then jesus turned to her and said your sins are forgiven my question i just want to ask what are you doing for jesus that you wouldn't do for anyone else you look at those five things some of you are i can't give him that i can't give why don't you give all of it to god give for him what you wouldn't give to others number three he wants to be the lord of your life oh get this he wants to be the lord of your life not just in word but he wants to be the lord of your life in deeds when you make jesus your lord it means that he's the master of your life and you're the servant matthew 7 jesus said these words pay attention they're powerful jesus said not everyone who says lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but only he who does the will of my father who is in heaven your job on this earth is to do the will of the father in heaven You can say, Lord, Lord, all you want, but if he's not the Lord of your life, it's not going to do you any good. And as we close number four, oh, get this, he wants you to carve out and commit your very best to him. Does he want your second best or your very best? He wants your very best. I close, turn to Malachi chapter 1. God says these words, a son honors his father. Every son should honor his father. And a servant his master. If I am a father, God says, where is the honor that is due me? If I'm a master, where is the respect that is due to me? Says the Lord Almighty. God says in verse 7, you've placed defiled food on my altar. See, the people were supposed to give their very, very best. Everybody say very, very best. But look at what he said in verse 8. You offer blind animals for sacrifice. Is that not wrong when you sacrifice crippled or diseased animals? Is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? He says in verse 11, My name will be great among the nations from the rising to the setting of the sun. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to my name because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. They were supposed to go out to their flock and find the very best lamb and bring that lamb as a sacrifice because it was the best they had. But instead they went out to that flock and they would find the one that they didn't really want, the one that was crippled, the one that was diseased, the one that had a cut ear or cut toe or bad leg or... Something was wrong with it. Let's give that one God. You know, it's you know, we don't need it. We're not to, We can't. You know, just give that one to God. It was the leftovers, and God was upset. And He says in verse thirteen, the second half: When you bring injured, crippled, or diseased animals and offer them as sacrifices, should I even accept that gift from your hands? Verse fourteen: Cursed is the cheat. Who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord Almighty, and my name is to be feared among the nations. He says, those of you that have brought these crippled, diseased animals and given them as like a sacrifice to me, I'm going to take that the waste, the dung, the manure from that crippled, diseased animal, and this is in the Bible, he says, I'm gonna wipe that on your face. Now you say, man, that's that's cold blooded. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Why would God respond like that? Because he deserves our very, very what? Our very, very best. The question is this are you giving him your best? And if not, today, oh, this is good. You get to make a decision. But today, we're going to give him the very best because his name is to be feared among the nations. He's Yahweh. We hope you
0: enjoyed this edition of Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. As you can tell from his message tonight, Pastor Dudley has a driving passion to talk about Jesus everywhere he goes and with everyone he meets. So often, a person has never heard the life-changing message of the gospel. Or perhaps they, at one time, experienced the transformation that is only possible through Jesus Christ, but now they're discouraged or in need of hope. If that is you, we invite you to reach out to us right now and let us pray with you. Our toll-free number is easy to remember. It's 888-818-4777. Again, that number is 888-818-4777. We have prayer counselors standing by and ready to take your call. We also want to encourage you to come and visit us at Shepherd Church. We have three campuses in the greater Los Angeles area with multiple services both on Saturday night and Sunday morning. You will be so blessed by getting plugged into a biblically-based, Christ-centered church that strives to love God and love people. We believe that getting connected in fellowship with other Christians is essential to grow in your faith. So if you are looking for a new church home, we invite you to come and join us this weekend. All information on service times and locations for Shepherd Church can be found on our website, liftupjesus.com. There is also a ton of resources available there to help you in your daily walk with the Lord. That website again is liftupjesus.com. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at the same time here on KKLA as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.